Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. It is me, Kiz, our resident Albion fan, joined as ever by JB, who is our resident Wolves fan. JB, say a quick hello. Hello. Yep, love that. Nice and brief. Um, <laughs> we are fresh off the back of um, two Midlands derbies, one which was um, a classic, you might say, and one which definitely wasn't a classic, <laughs> uh, which we will get into. Um, it is just JB and I this week, no guest, which is quite nice. Throw back to how it used yeah, to be yeah. at the good old days. Um, JB, you have a football trivia question for me and the listeners to kick us off. Yeah, I do, mate. So it's, it's similar sort of vibe to the question that you threw out last week. I really like that question. So I'm going to go sort of similar vibe. So there are seven Italian players that have scored 20 or more goals in the Premier League. Who are they? You in Italy. Um, Balotelli? I know, mate. Yeah. Yep. He's sixth on the list with 21. Um, Zola? Yep. Second in the list with 59. Um, who was that? It was it Vieri that played for Chelsea. Oh, well, give you that. It's not Vieri, but I know exactly. Oh, Viali. Viali. Yeah, oh, that's number yeah. seven. That's the second so time got, I've got them confused. So you've, got, you see, so you've got yeah, you've got six and seven on the list. You've got the sort of the, the bottom two, if you like, with twenty-one goals apiece. Twenty-one. Okay, so that that's the mark. So twenty goals or more. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who's been a big Italian player in the last few years. Um, so we've got Balotelli, we've got... Um, Viale, and you've got Zola. You've got Zola. Hmm. Oh, this is so hard. If we get one more, we can come back like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I do want to get one more, though, before we do that. Um, no worries. Yeah, the, the one name that keeps coming out to me, and I'm, I'm not, it's not right, but I'm going to say it aloud anyway, is Fabio Barini, who must have got about six goals in the Premier League. No, Barini isn't in that, in, isn't in the top, um, in the top. So I'm just trying to see if, if, if I can go as low enough to see how many actually scored. Oh, forget it. Yeah, forget it. If you have to go yeah. that low. No, no. Do you know what? I can't yeah. even see him on the list. Is Barini actually Italian? I might have to. I don't know. If, if do you know what? It, it might not. Nah, Fabio Barini. Yeah, he is Italian. I've just double checked. Okay. He is. Yeah, Italian. yeah. Um, I was thinking okay. it was Sunderland and his Liverpool days. Do you know what? I sorry. I I've got him here. I apologise. I've scarred past him. He's number ten on the list. He got sixteen. So you weren't a million miles 10? away. So he was. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, who would I? You know. This is really hard when you're on your own. You've got there's no a classic number one's a classic, classic Premier League icon sort of player. Um, okay, yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple of toughies in there. To be fair, probably more my era than yours. Okay. Um, um, see, my my knowledge of Italian football isn't great, and my knowledge of '90s Premier League football is patchy at best. But if there's yep. some, who's a, if there's someone who is an icon of Premier League football, I have to be getting this, and I cannot think my mind's gone totally blank so i've got three i might have to leave it there for the next yeah many minutes yeah. Come back to that later because for whatever reason um do you want it no problem if you are at home and you are screaming <laughs> everyone screams at their headphones but if anyone's at home uh, <laughs> listening and thinking wow kids you have had an absolute shocker there um tweet us um i still yeah please do by the time this episode goes out so do <laughs> playing along uh, and let us know if you got them straight away 
Um, yeah, sure. I think that Barini didn't get four more goals because that would have been such a good shout. Yeah, really good shout. <laughs> anyway, so JB, we do have two Midlands derbies to quickly review. Obviously, the theme this year has been more previewing upcoming games. Um, but yeah, yeah. we have uh, so much to talk about um, after a slate of Midlands derbies. It is. Uh, it would be a shame not to uh, review those in a little bit of depth. Now, those of you who didn't catch the scores, um, or maybe those of you who checked the scores towards the end of uh, the game on Saturday and not quite when the final whistle went, um, the scores were 3-2 to Wolves and 1-0 to West Bromwich Albion. So the Black Country got the better of Birmingham um, in both derbies. Uh, Well done, Black Country football. Uh, However... The Albion Blues game was not a classic, so it would only be fair to start um, over at Villa Park and chat Villa against Wolves. couple of things I want to say very, very quickly. First, as the neutral, if you like here, yep. neutral in that I don't like either side, uh, which is a strange yep. side of neutrality. Um, <laughs> so it was really, really, really uh, memorable. I think people will look back on this win um, in years to come and it will live really long in the memory it was one of those special days that's, that occasionally gets thrown up in a derby and I was not there um, thinking oh, I want Wolves to win I want Villa to win because that's just not the way I see it it's not my thoughts on that I, I would like you both to lose if possible however when Villa went 2-0 and everyone on Twitter is giving it big ones um, and the first Wolves goal went in and it was squeaky bum time I was like please Please do it. Please, <laughs> Wolves, come back and win that game because it would be hilarious. I didn't think you were going to do it. Um, very um, unlucky that Neves, or very unlucky from a Villa point of view, that Neves' goal found its way into the back of the net. However, yeah. goal was just as big a deflection. So, you know, six and one half of the yeah. um, Just an absolute classic. As a neutral, so, so funny to see that happen to Villa. Um and it would have been funny if Wolves had lost either. anyway. So, you know, I couldn't lose in that situation. It's a win-win situation for you. It really, was, yeah. It? yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, one thing, I mean, again, as a new, it was so good to see limbs um, in the away end. And oh, in the, those goals went in. We've been really spoiled uh, and it was great. Um, sorry, we were really starved and now we're really spoiled with, um, you know, such um, a, you know, famous win, such a, such a, an atmospheric win, if you could call it that. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of crowd noise, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really been missed, and I feel like the the way that game ended was facilitated by that crowd reaction. The Wolves yeah. clearly felt buoyed by um, by the fans when that first goal went in. What a goal, by the way! That first goal is that first Wolves goal. Never oh, seen the oh, ball alive. I, th- I think, Mike. I think that goal has barely been spoke about. That, that it was, it was actually unbelievable. The way he skips in the air and, and feds that pass, he almost skips in the air and feds it through. We have all done um, that. Caught it with our knee and it's gone out for throwing. <laughs> We've all done yeah. that. It's, it's, oh, mate. It, it, was, it was, yeah. Yeah, so oh, I will, I'll let you go, Jimmy. I'll, no, I'll it's fine. Wolves talk now, but yeah, um, I just loved how that game felt, uh, or that result was facilitated by fans being back in the grounds, and it was nice to see some limbs, uh, no matter who yeah. fans it was. Uh, JB, sure. t- tell me about this game from your perspective. 
yeah, just touching on what you said about how we were starved of limbs and now we've sort of been sported a little bit. It's really funny because I will talk, obviously we'll talk about Villa Wolves in a minute. There's a lot of um, throwbacks, you know, like uh, I don't know Albion do it on their Twitter or Facebook page, but Wolves will always do like on this day last year uh, yeah, um, yeah. and that sort of thing. And it's funny because it was this weekend, this game week last year that we played Leeds away. Would you believe it's fell on the same game weekend? And it showed the, the the goal that we I think we won one nil. Ralph scored ironically a really deflected winner, um, and it was just so surreal watching that back. With no fans in the stadium, oh, of course, completely dead. And then and then the Connor Cody interview, the sort of iconic Connor Cody interview that Sky Sports did when Max Kilman won Man of the Match, and he goes, "Did he then, or something like that?" And it's it's to turn the round again. And yeah. then yeah, yeah, yeah. it was just really. It made me realise what I think a good good job every football fan in the country did in trying to keep positive about it because when yeah. I think back, it was absolutely dead, wasn't it, mate? I mean, me and you doing a podcast about that was crikey. We we must have really be, been pushing our you know pushing our limits really to sound as enthusiastic and as positive as we, as we were because <laughs> watching it back watching it back now it was just like watching a training game behind clouds. It was when, awful. When in the highlights of the. Uh, of any of the derbies from last season, so any of the four that Albion played, and I'm looking, I'm like, I don't remember this. No, it, I know. I vaguely recall is the um, obviously the three-two, but that I mean, it, yeah, of course, all the goals came in about five minutes in that game. You know, yeah, I think, but I think when you look, when you look back on that, and there's no crowd, there's no noise, yeah. there's nothing. I, I think I, I just yeah, really bizarre looking back. But anyway, to Saturday, that, yeah, I don't think that three-two will live as long in the memory as this three-two that Wolves got over Villa at the oh, week. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable, mate. I mean, listen, I mean, up until about, really, up, up until about 70 minutes, 60, 70 minutes, it was a pretty average game, to be honest with you. You know, the first yeah. half, Villa, look, Villa were the better side up until about 60, 70 minutes. You know, there, were, there weren't miles and miles in, but they, they controlled the game and the tempo better than Wolves did. They had a, they had a couple of chances. Jose Sar made a, a, another really good save from Danny Ings. Um you know, obviously, Traore had, had his one-on-one again when he's burst through and, and uh, uh, Martinez, has, has again, made, made a, sort of a, a good save. So it was a pretty even game, but I felt that Villa edged it. And I was saying to my brother, I watched it with my brother on Saturday, and I was saying to George, I said, oh, you know, Villa, just step it up a little bit. We, we, we might be in trouble here. We've got to be sharper than what we were first off. Um, just because I felt like we, we rode our luck a little bit and Villa looked more composed. And then obviously they got the goal within the first couple of minutes. You know, it was a, it was a good cross by McGinn, but I, I feel like Saïs has given, or was it Marcel? One of Marcel or Saïs has, has let him get, get away a little bit too easy. And Danny Ings has peeled off Cody, red Cody, and it's a lovely header, you know. John McGinn scores, he set, he, he's the Villa's second goal. So his first goal, Villa's second goal, big deflection. But to be honest with you, at 2-0, you'd probably say, you'd probably say Villa deserve it. Do you know what I mean? They were, they were probably the better side up until that point. But then they just seemed to back off and Daniel Pedence came on and Kirk O loved me saying this because he absolutely hates Daniel Pedence with a passion. Um, he absolutely changed the game, Pedence. He was absolutely superb. When he came on, he completely dictated the game from 60, whatever minute he came on, he completely dictated the game. Um, and as we touched on, fantastic first goal for Wolves. You know, we, we, we've turned the ball out. We've kept the ball alive, second, third phase. Come out to Neves, who's shown his absolute quality with that beautiful through ball. Podence has sort of slid it in, Saïs has scored. Really, really good goal. And at that point, just something about Villa's demeanour dropped. There was just something I said to Joe. I said, there's, there's something in it here. 
there's definitely something in it. It wasn't like we nicked a gold back. And the crowd dropped wind out of the sails at Villa Park. And Villa Villa fans, you know, particularly at Villa Park, listen, all fans are fickle, you know, in their own mind. But I think Villa is well known for like. The fans fans are very, very passionately behind them and they'll turn on. And they'll turn quickly and all that, all that energy goes like that. You yeah. know, I've been to Villa Park and, and it doesn't go like that. They're, they're probably the worst for it. And I think as soon as that, fir- that first goal went in, I think the fans knew it. I think the players knew it, you know. And, and, we, and it, we just felt revitalised upon that. And then on it was one-way traffic, you know. Again, set piece. Troy Roy keeps the ball. Obviously, Kilman hits the bar off the header. Troy Roy does yeah, really well. what a well city that is, ball. by the way, if you hadn't scored. It, it, yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, Troy Roy does really well, keeps the ball alive, dinks it in. Um, I think it was Sois actually. Who uh, I think Sois got an assist, assist on a goal. Thinking about it, yeah, so Sois again. It, it was bundled in, wasn't it? That second goal. Yeah, it? yeah, yes. Yeah. But you know, I'm brilliant. You know, of all the blokes, Connor Cody. You know, does so he scores? Does he? You know, no, it was brilliant. And it, and then a two all. Obviously, I, I, I walk out. I'm taking a point. Happily taking a point. We're two all down with ten minutes to go. We're back to two all. I'm more than happy with the point. But then again, Villa. I mean, it's really ironic because everyone knows one of my best mate is Kirko, who's a Villa fan, was on the pod last week. So I was obviously talking to Kirko sporadically throughout the game. And I actually texted him before, I think Villa went 2 up, and I remember texting him saying, Wolves, no, sorry, Villa had a corner and Wolves broke at pace. And usually with our attack, we, we, we were rapid, like we were four on two or something like that before they came to get anywhere near us. And next thing you know, Villa have got five men back out of nowhere. And I text Kirko saying, bloody hell, like your game management and the way you're tracking back is unbelievable. Second time, like fair play. How ironic that was because 15, 20 minutes later, the game management is something you're watching on on Cannon yeah. Park on a Sunday morning. There's something just happened and they just they just collapsed. And at two all, they didn't manage the game well, and we sensed that and we we smelt blood. Then yeah. all of a sudden, you know, Trio picks up the ball on the touchline. No one can get near the bloke. He's he's tuck it on. He's cut inside. He's about to pull the trigger. The boy, the young boy, I think to Ramsey's made a silly foul. In reality, he probably should have let Trey always shoot because he probably would have gone into Rose's head in reality. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that chance that, that, engineered for himself in the first half with a wonderful run. Um, yeah. That's an absolute sitter. You cannot just like... Oh, mate, once you're you in the box, you're clear of Tyrone Mings. Yeah, listen, yeah. listen, he's gone past... He's, he's took it past Mings like he's not there and he's in the box with the goal at his mercy within 10 to 12 yards. It's a sitter. It's got to go in. And he's missed loads of them this season. We spoke yeah. about it so many times. But listen, he's, he's won the foul. You know, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing that Jake, I think it's Jacob Ramsey, the lad's name is. He'll probably look back on that and probably think I should let him pull the trigger. But then you've got to take one for the team occasionally. And it, it, everything's hindsight, isn't it? it, it yeah. You don't know. He could, he could have scored a worldie. And then obviously, never steps up. And his free kicks have been appalling recently. And that one was as well. I was going to say this one was <laughs> terrible. And that one was, and that one was as well. But it took the deflection, yeah. and I couldn't have been happier. And it couldn't yeah. have happened against a better team, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. Listen, I lost my shit. Everyone that, that knows me would have heard my voice note, and it was brilliant. Listen, it was fantastic. It was one of those live long in the memory moments. You know, as Wolves fans, we've had a few of those over the years. You know. Cardiff away recent times, Bristol City away. There's a little poll on Twitter as well. I think Nathan Judah did it talking. I mentioned the Charlton game in 07, which was different era, different expectations. But Carl Henry scoring the last minute goal against Charlton for a 3-2 win 
me and George again we're watching that together and we still speak about that game yeah. to this day it's what um, about is Nick those last it's, minute it's on those last minute yeah. winners and we've, right. we've considered many last minute goals the Leicester game <laughs> the Jota goal in our first season back when we won 4-3 again unbelievable yeah. scenes so listen unbelievable to do it against your local rivals um, brilliant it's just literally fired us up the table and now we're looking at, we're potentially looking completely changed our outlook on the season now Listen, I'm not saying we're challenging for Europe or Champions League, nothing like that. Obviously, I'm not stupid, but it just gives us a bit of leeway and a bit of breathing space yeah. for us to have that confidence to look forward. That's it, JB. You've had a very good run of form early enough in the season for it to set the tone of the season rather than, you know, playing catch-up or whatever in, in eight, nine games' time. You, you've you yeah, yeah. had a run to the start, you know, those first three games. Since yeah. then, is it one, four or five, JB? One, four out, one, four out. We've won four out the last five, I think. Yeah, four out. I mean, that's... I mean that's title winning form that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic for for Wolves. It's, 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 it really was, mate. And one of I think one of the best things as well. I think amongst the fact that it's a local derby, last minute winner, three points, all that. One of the best things for me was the fact that I didn't hear a peep out of any Villa fans for a whole weekend, which is really unusual because they're obviously very chirpy. <laughs> um, I yeah, had many ignored text that. messages and phone calls. Fair play to Kirk. I'll give him a shout out. You know, he, he was on it and he, he took it like a man. And he said, I'd have been exactly, it would have been exactly the same, giving it absolute the Larry all day. But but there's a lot of Villa fans who usually are very, very chipper and very loud majority of the time. We're, we're, we're quite unusually quiet over the weekend. So that was that was quite nice. Yeah, I remember um, I didn't hear from you much last season um, until the evening at least. when uh, Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I needed time to process that, mate. Yeah, I think yeah. I was about 17 cans of Heineken down at that point. Yeah. So, I made contact. At least I made contact the same day. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that, yeah. At least you <laughs> didn't have to send a carrier pigeon to organise the podcast. The following week. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So JB alluded to his voice note in reaction there. Um, I received one of those voice notes. This is George and Jack. You might be able to make out some noises that they're making, but generally it's just total nonsense. So when you're ready, JB. And then I've got a two second one. I don't even have to say anything in this one. Okay, thanks, JB. So, um, oh, God. a love letter to Roman Saiz in um, five minute audio form. And then. Um, a lovely laugh at the expense of brilliant. You've got to make the most. I, I did message Kirk after and a couple of the Villa boys, and I said to him, Do you know what? You've got to make the most because potentially next time you play us, you might tank because you'll probably finish above us. You know, it's one of those, isn't it? You've got to just, just take it as it happens and stuff. And yeah. you know, majority of the boys took it in good spirits, but no, listen, great three points, great win. And one of the moments that I think at the end of the season, we'll look back and go, well, what a weekend. So, yeah, yeah very, very I mean, good. You might, you might look back at this and think, what a springboard, you know. You, that Hopefully. Might be Hopefully. Nice fix uh-huh. till December. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you know, well, uh-huh. could be a good. important weekend uh, when we look back at the end of the season. Uh, okay, to the other side of um, the coin, there was a rather unforgettable um, unforgettable, rather forgettable uh, Midlands derby as well. I always think Albion against Blues is the worst Midlands derby. I mean, some Albion fans might be sat at home thinking that you know because they've got Blues mates that that's a that's a good derby for them. But like we we where we grew up, so we grew up um, in Staffordshire. So the the derbies for us are Villa and 
Wolves. Okay, we're not. I'm not a Birmingham Albion fan. I'm a Black Country Albion fan. So I don't have that same maybe distaste to Blues that I do for Villa and Wolves. It's just the way it is. Um, so it doesn't get me excited the way a game against um, Villa or particularly Wolves for me. It's yeah, a yeah. big thing in the Albion fan base. Is it Villa or Wolves? For me, it's Wolves, no question. They're our biggest star. Yeah. Um, but for people of a certain age, it's Villa, no question. Anyway, that's a, yeah, yeah. That's a topic for another day. We'll maybe get a poll out on that soon. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wasn't massively up for it. Um, as I would be if we were playing Villa or Wolves, but as soon as the game started, any life that I did have was just totally sucked out. Like it was such yeah, a it was dull a one dull it. game, like no quality. So basically there's, again, I mentioned this stat last week, the stats doing the rounds a lot. There's a lot of people cover Albion, um, mentioned this stat at the moment. I know Joe Massey mentioned this this week. Um, people have mentioned it a lot on Twitter. The pat, the, 10 pass sequence stats. So how many times are Albion recording 10 passes um, in games? We are the lowest in the championship. We do not record 10 pass sequences. Um, Birmingham are next in that list. Okay, so it's Albion and Birmingham. They are the teams who keep the ball least in the championship. Albion obviously have a very distinct uh, style of play, which is, you know, not keeping the ball for 10 passes is symptomatic of that. Um, and Blues are the same. Blues set up to uh, not to control the pace of a game. Uh, blues don't want the ball most of the time. That's just the way it was going to be. Um, and it it kind of lived up to that, really. Um, wasn't a classic. I think Gab um, and I did both call last week that it would be a low-scoring game. Um, Gab said his heart, his heart said 2-1 Albion or 2-0 uh, Albion, maybe. I can't remember. But it's... Um, Sorry, his head, his head said Albion. Yeah, yeah. Art said nil-nil. Nil-nil. Uh, I love that, the, <laughs> the extent of the Art's yeah. ambition. Uh, but he wasn't far off. Uh, I think that mm. game maybe deserved to be nil-nil. However, little bit of quality from a player who is excellent at the level, Carlin Grant, 20 yards out, finds the bottom corner, um, three points to the Albion. That That's coming a bit of a theme as well. He dug us out of a hole against QPR from one nil down. Um, he has started this season... As if, well, I say started, he had a bit of a patchy start, but now he's, he looks to have shaken those cobwebs from last season. He's been at the Albion a year now, scored his anniversary, which is quite a nice quirk. Um, and he just looks ready to, to kick on now. He looks ready to be that goal scorer that Albion signed. Uh, and it's because he's playing at the level where he's a proven goal scorer. Uh, if he goes on to score 20 goals this season, and we get promoted, then, you know, you might see him kick on in the Premier League next season if he's got that continuity of playing for the team he's gone up with. Um, but he's not a ready-made Premier League striker. He's not even a striker. So I don't know, you know, on, on hindsight, last year, uh, I don't know if that was the right recruitment strategy. We maybe could have gone for an out-and-out number nine. And this season, he's not our out-and-out number nine, uh, if, if anyone's not watching that much Albion. He doesn't play as our number nine, but he is he's scoring a lot of our goals. Um, yeah, Carlo Grant, bit of quality. Um, we have players like that, uh, as we should with the wage bill that we have, as we should with being in the Premier League so recently, as we should with parachute payments. We are a team who benefits from a slightly flawed system. I say slightly flawed, it's actually a very flawed system. The yeah, massively. System. Us and Norwich, um, we're both massive beneficiaries of it. Um, I mean, there's a couple Fulham. of. Fulham, yeah, exactly. A couple of other usual. Bournemouth, stuff. yeah. Bournemouth, yeah. But it's there to safeguard, you know, Portsmouth's happening again. And it's there to safeguard yeah. against teams disappearing into um, 
obscurity so you know it's the, maybe it's the lesser of two evils um so yeah we we should have players who can do that even on an off night like this was and we do thankfully we can't keep relying on that because there will come games like the stoke game where you just you can't get by on, on the odd bit of quality here and there um Funnily enough, Albion, Albion play tonight. We're recording on Wednesday evening. There is no point us previewing the Swansea game because it'll be, it'll be you know, um, out of date almost. It will age terribly is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that'll be a great game where Albion's style um, will be able to be implemented really well because we're playing a team who militantly keep the ball. Russell Martin's teams are... They are very, very, very much possession-based. Uh, they take risks in possession. And it's probably going to be a really good matchup, that risk and reward. We're going to go with that high press, try and win the ball back high. They're going to go with um, what they know, their possession-based style, and try and pick us off and go around um, you know, in little triangles and penetrate that way. I said we weren't going to preview it, and then I've done a... <laughs> you just have. <laughs> okay, I've just previewed it, yeah. Um, if, if any of that is wrong... Um, just skip through this bit of the podcast. But uh, the other thing that might happen tonight, I just want to clarify this, is um, one of us might change style. I don't think it'll be Albion, but Swansea might switch things up a little bit and go a bit more direct. I don't know. Um, be an interesting game tonight, though. So, yeah, um, all I'm trying to say is Albion need to find a little bit more... What am I trying to say here? A little bit more composure... Yes, I like the style. I like that it gives so many chances. I like how good we are defensively. There's this lovely little um, feeling where we're not a defensive team and we are the best defence in the league. And that's, that's a really nice um, thing to have because we don't go and defend for 90 minutes and we concede the least chances in the league. So we, you know, it shows that the way we impose ourselves on the game is working. Um, however... Bit more composure on the ball. Allow those players who have that quality, your Carl and Grant, your Grady Diangarnas, your Alex Mowitz, allow those players, Callum Robinson as well, to really express themselves a little bit um, and let them really reap the benefits of this attacking style of play. I would like to see more uh, composure on the ball. Maybe not tonight against Swansea, but certainly uh, at the weekend against Bristol City. Um I've not really got anything else to add on Albion. It seems like every week we say similar things. We're going all right. Performances could be better. Mm-hmm. We're top of the table because we've got an excellent manager and a really, really good team. Um, but I would like things to click. I just feel like I'm missing maybe 10%. We're about 90% at the moment. Um, and if we could just find another gear, we would really be um, formidable at this level. JB, anything you want to add on the second Midlands derby before we move on? No, not not really. Like I said, I watched the game. Like I said, it wasn't particularly a classic. I thought um, I thought nil nil would have been a perfect scoreline. To be honest with you, I think there wasn't really much between the two teams. I think Birmingham set out exactly how we thought we would. Albion, you know, at, like they have at times, have struggled to break those sort of style teams down. But like you say, you know, listen, Blues had a couple of chances in the second half. Likewise, Alvin had a couple in the first. Um, but it was a moment of quality again. Colin Grant, great, great finish. He, you know, he hadn't done much all game, to be honest with you. He, he, he looked he looked quite poor, to be honest with you, for most of the game. That, but that's the but that's the sort of the, the sign of a, a quality championship striker who will pop up, yeah. score the winner, and, you, and you take the points away for his team. Um, so, yeah, listen, you know, again, I'm repeating myself. Like you just said, we touch on it. We say similar things each week. Listen, you're there and thereabouts. You're ticking along. You're picking up points. You're getting what you're doing. What you need to do, because everyone else is as well. You look at Bournemouth now. I think. I think. I know that there's a game in Antwerp. Are there five points ahead of you? And think five, no. four, five. 
Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, having won last night. Yeah, yeah having won last night, yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. you've got the game in hand tonight sort of thing. So, you know, it, it, it's it's not imperative, but it's important you pick up the points tonight just to keep on Bournemouth's toes, you know, and then running away with it. Likewise, I'm not sure who Fulham have got this uh, tonight. Um, um, did Fulham not play last night? No, they didn't, did they? No, no. Um, no. I'll just double-check that quickly while you're talking, JB. But yeah, so... Lot- you were right. You said that it would it would shape up this way at the start of the season. Everyone and predicted the- this top four, essentially, apart from Sheffield United. Yeah. In there. yeah, yeah. A group of top four. But you, you were right all the way down to your Huddersfield Stokes, where you said you think... Because they're all constant. I mean, I know Stokes, Bournemouth based, so I think... I think Sheffield United lost to Millwall, didn't they? I think Morgan Gibbs White got sent off actually, right. um, and and then yeah, you know, like I think I think I don't know how I think Huddersfield lose last night. I think what I'm trying they, to say, the, the team, night, tonight, I, think. I didn't know the, the teams around the playoffs are still picking up points and whatever. It's I think I text you and the boys in the group chat. I think I don't. Think, I think it was in the aftermath of the Villa Wolves game once I've calmed down because I think we touched on the game. I said it, the, the championship is shaping up to be a really, really good league this year. Really tight. I think anywhere from second down to, to six or seven could be so, so tight. Likewise, from seventh down to 12 could be looking to to have that late run into the playoffs. Very typical championship, but I think there's a lot of quality knocking around. Yeah. Um, and I think in terms of tonight, obviously, you know, we're not touching on you. You've just summed it up briefly tonight. It'll be a cracking game. Um, yeah. Swansea will have the tail. We'll have the tails up because obviously coming out of the the, the derby week, yeah, three, the against, derby this week. Yeah. Listen, gra- granted against the poor Cardiff side, yeah. but you know they still did the job at home. They'll have the tails. So I think a bit a good game. We could, could go either way. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now we can move on from two West Midlands derbies. Um, and before we move on to previewing this week's football, JB, uh, let's go back to the trivia question. Can you remind me of the three I've got so far? Because I can't even remember those okay. at the moment. Let no, it's fine. Don't worry. So there's seven, there's seven Italian players who have scored 20 or more goals in the Premier League. You have got Gianfranco Zola, who's second in the list on 59 goals. You've got Balotelli, who's six on 21 goals, and Gianluca Viali who was seventh on 21 goals. So joined sixth and seventh by Italian Viale. Um, so you've got okay. uh, four more to go. Um, um, there's, the, you'll, you'll, you'll have heard of all of them, but there's a couple of difficult ones if, if, to dig, dig deep on. So one of them came to yep. me, um, and I think this has to be the Premier League icon that we're talking about. I'd go Di Canio. Yes, but he's number uh, one on 66 goals. So you've got yeah. one and two. Yeah, I've got that one. More so, so, you've got, so you've got... You got three, four, five. You got third, fourth, and fifth to get. Oh, um, never heard. Um, oh, your favourite, um, Ravinelli. Yeah, number yeah, four. He got twenty-five goals. Which, to be honest with you, I thought he got more, but he, I think he wasn't in this prem for one season, and he, and he smashed it in his in his one season. He was with us. Um, with so us. He got five. He's a Middlesbrough fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's my boy. Yeah, he's so, just a so, Yeah, so you've now got number three. And number five on the list. Now these are these are the two toughest on the list. To be fair, well, I'll give you a clue. Oh, go well, on, yeah, go on. No, I had a thought. I was thinking like, who are the sort of not the journeymen, but there's been a few yeah. that have played for a couple of teams in the Premier League. Yes. Um, yeah. So you're along the right lines for one of them. That's your kind of your journeyman knocked around a couple of. Te- I think he's been at a top of my head. He went. He was at one, two, one. One, two, well, I can think of at least three t- three Prem teams he played for. Wow. Um, and he was a more, more my era, mid to late 90s into the early 2000s. 
and he played for at least three. I, I can name the three clubs if you're, if you're struggling. I can't remember what position he played. Was it Di Matteo? No, good shout, good shout. Yeah. Di Matteo was a midfielder. Mm. He only did he score. I'm just looking at my list. He, he scored 15 goals. Um, your other, your other one, number five on the list, has got twenty three goals. He's more recent. He's played in the Prem. I would say he was probably two thousand and maybe twelve, thirteen onwards. Um, his name is totally wrong. Graziano Pella is he? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good shot. He's, he's the number five. He's the one I was just mentioning. Yeah. He played in. Yeah, so he's yeah. twenty. Great shot that is. Yeah, I would have I knew I would struggle with that one to be honest. Have those goals. I couldn't remember if he was Italian or not. Yeah, um, yeah, good shout. So you've just got number like, three. 13 onwards. I was like, yeah, that has to be Graziano. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, number three. So he's he's played for a few Premier League teams. We're talking late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, mid uh, to late 90s into the early 2000s. Yeah. Actually, no, he's probably more. Yeah, he had a de- he, he was he was he had a bit of longevity in the Prem. I, I, it was definitely, yeah, mid to late 90s it? into the first. Did he watch? No, 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 no. We're uh, talking more. Do you want me to name the clubs that, that I know off the top of yeah, my head? Go on, because I, I'm not going to get it otherwise. Okay, so he played for Sheffield Wednesday, Vaston Villa, and Bradford. Jesus. Um, oh, there's going to be people from your era, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was very highly thought of at Villa, particularly. I know that. I think the Villa fans loved him. Um. That could be anyone, to be fair. Uh, yeah. No, you're going to have to tell me, JB. Okay, mate. I, I might, you might not have heard of him, potentially. Benito Carbone. I've never heard of him. Oh, okay. There we are then. So you, you, you won. Very, very good player, mate. Scored. If, really? if you go on, if you do YouTube and Carbone, he scored a couple of worldies, particularly for Villa. Hence why he was very highly thought of. He definitely yeah, played yeah. for Villa in that early 2000s side under like John Gregory, sort of around that era. Yeah. Uh, when when they when they were floating in, in Europe a little bit, um, and I mean, then they're, they're all Bra- proper names. To be fair, like that, you know, yeah, um, Decanio, yeah. I'm not sure if he played for anyone else in the Prem, but he definitely played for those three teams, Carbone. But yeah, good good player. No, I never heard of him. I might have to watch him on YouTube. Okay. This. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My age now. Anyone who's <laughs> who remembers that well, I'm sorry, I don't <laughs> remember that. Um, <laughs> JB, uh, first yes. of all, that trivia question was brilliant, really, really good. Yeah. Nice little teaser. Um, the right level of oh, I know these, and I'm never gonna get yeah, them. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Wolves this weekend. Um, remind me which day you play. Who we you play? we're playing Saturday, another 3 pm kickoff, and we're away to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Oh, away to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Nice, yeah, that would have been a much harder fixture, I think. Um, this time last year when you had that that game. Uh, Leeds haven't yeah. played that well. How are you feeling about this one? Funny one again. I, I spoke to a couple of people about it, actually, because I'm like, guys, you know, you, you guys can really kick on now. Um, and I agree. I think that game's there for the taking. I think, I think we're better than Leeds. But they're just one of those teams, Dane, just to be else, isn't it? You know, they've just got that sort of thing about them. Ellen Road, full house, Saturday afternoon. You know, they've, they've got that thing about them, Leeds. It's always a difficult place to go. We've got a good record against Leeds. We did the double over them last year. Granted, it was COVID times, no fans, and new nose wolves last year threw up random results, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't really read too much into that. But I think even even prior... Actually, was, was that was it Leeds' first season back last year? Yeah. Or did we, yeah, it was. So, yes, yeah, so we've got... So we're unbeaten against Leeds in the Premier, if you like. 
Um, I, I think it's going to be a, a quite a cagey game. I don't think it's going to be quite free-flowing. I think you might have a little bit of the, the, the Watford about it, the Watford game. You know, I think we will have the better chances and probably have more possession, things like that. But I think they will, they will sort of, you know, be looking to harm us maybe on the break and look to catch us off guard a bit, which is what Watford needed did a couple of times, but we were able to sort of eke it out and get the goals that we needed to. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. Listen, you know, Wolves leads, two big sides, you know, two good, two good sides. You know, Leeds have got a player of right, really highly Rafinha. Um, he, he's, a, he's a top, top, top player. So he's going to be the danger man, of course. Um, but I just think if we stick to our guns, we stick to our principles, Trinkau is back. I spoke about the fact that I, I, I thought Trinkau would be a miss against Villa, and I do think he was a miss for the majority of the game. Um, I think we, and obviously Jimenez didn't start either against Villa, which I didn't touch on either. So we did have to tweak it, like, like I said in the pod last week. We've got both of those boys back, and I think that I think both of them will come straight back in. I think Trinkau and Jimenez will come back in and we'll go back to kind of how we started the season. You don't think um, done enough to earn a start? I would like, potentially, it depends, yeah, it, it's a good shout to be fair. I, I didn't have to take that into consideration when I just said that. Potentially was awesome when he come on at you to be fair, but he does deserve a start. I just know that Bruno seems to really like Trinkau. Yeah. Um, it depends on whether COVID's took it out of him or not. I don't know whether the fact that he had COVID has been affected by it. You know, you yeah. hear about a lot of stories about, about the fact that a lot of footballers have taken two, three weeks to recover from it. So it depends where, he, where he's at in terms of his recovery. Um, but I, I would be amazing. I, Jimenez is, is, is going to start 100%. Just yeah. depends how he works alongside him. Huang had probably one of his poorer games. Um, he gave the ball away for one of them. Gave the, the ball away and, and, and was a little bit anonymous throughout the game. Not sure that's enough to warrant dropping him um, sort of thing. But, you know, like I say, there is the option of, of Trinko on Podence really to if you want to. But um, yeah, look, I think it'll be a really good game. I think, I think, I think you know, we'll have chances. I think Leeds will look to, so, like I say, catch us on the break. Um, in terms of the prediction, predicted a win last week, didn't I? And, and I was the only one to do that. And I'll be honest with you, after 80 minutes, that was never happening, was it? But <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just shows what happens in football. Do you know what? We, what we had, we had, you said, I think you and Kirk have both went for draws. No, Did I say two yeah. all? You said two all. Kirko said Kirko said one all. I said two one wolves. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it again. We had two one nils against Leeds last year. I'm gonna go one nil wolves. I'm gonna go one nil wolves. Okay. I think defensively, you know, I think defensively again, we we still look well. Max Kilman is 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 brilliant. You know, Jose saw again some top top saves. Yeah, why not? Let's go for three one nils on the chart. We'll 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 go, we'll go one one nil wolves and. Who knows? We might be sitting in the Champions League spot on Saturday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So I, I could see that happening. Wolves have been defensively yeah. solid. Um, Leeds haven't been as good going forward as they were last season. Uh, I, I'm going to go for a very open um, two all. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. I think yeah. that this should be a cracker on paper. We know we spoke yeah. about Blue yeah, yeah. Albion should be yeah. no quality. Yeah. You know, no yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a feeling this is the opposite of that. Um, yeah, yeah. Team who like to get the ball down and play on the front foot. Leeds are a team who don't like to let the opposition have the ball. Um, oh, no, let me rephrase that. They're happy for the opposition to have the ball so they can win it back very quickly. 
that's that's yeah, yeah. that's part of their style. That's um, as you know, as Jurgen Klopp says, no player is as good as a counter counter attacking situation, um, and that's a lot of what Bielsa is about. Win the ball high. Uh, there's a lot of what Valerian Ishmael is about. Um, it's a lot of what a lot of these um, European managers. I know Bielsa's not European, but he's had a great yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it's a lot of what um, modern football coaching is about, and it works really well. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a great game. I think it'd be a really really good watch. Um, Sadly, Albion are on three o'clock at the same time, so I will not be watching yep. balls. Um, I'll be in the Hawthorns on Saturday, which is lovely because I haven't been able to get to the Hawthorns um, since I moved to London. Uh, I've only been once this season, so really, really looking forward to uh, making the most of my season ticket. Um, yep. And hopefully, I'll be watching um, a boring Albion win. Um, no chances conceded. Uh, while, yeah, while Wolves host... Leeds or no, yeah, host. Oh, no, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds are hosting Wolves. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, yeah, that should be a really, really good game. I, I fancy a tool. I think both open sides yeah. um, should be really good. Arrested Jimenez and arrested Rafinha can only be good as well. Uh, both of them played obviously in South America, so they didn't play last week. Um, yeah, 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 really looking forward to that. I might not see the game until match of the day, maybe. Sometimes yeah, yeah, it makes sense. On a Saturday, and it's a nice way to watch my FPL points roll in. Um, when I'm watching <laughs> it on day at night, uh, yeah, I might do that. No, I think it'll be a great game, JB. Uh, I think goals, goals is my prediction. Yeah. Anything yep. you want to add before we move on to? No, um, mate. No, no, no. I think it was summed it up. Perfect. Okay. Um, I expect Albion to win on Saturday. I think we are just going to expel these. Um, this lack of quality and we're just going to go out and blow a team away soon. Uh, I don't know whether that might, I mean, it might be tonight against Swansea or we might get battered um, or it might be Saturday or it might not be. Uh, but I feel like there's a, there's another, you know, another four nil coming uh, like the Sheffield United game, like the Cardiff game. I feel like Alb- it's been brewing and Albion are just ready to dispatch somebody. Um, you know, I, I spoke about quality having to bail us out of poor performances, but I do feel like um, there's maybe something bubbling. That might be me getting carried away as a positive Albion fan. Um, yes, we do exist. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like um, Saturday might be the one. Saturday might be a game that we just have too much for the opposition. Uh, Bristol City have stagnated massively under under um, Lee Johnson. It really did look like they might mount a promotion charge one season, but they've just gotten worse and worse. And now um, off the back of uh, an incredible loss last night, by the way, I'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, are, they have not started the season like they would want to, and they are firmly in mid-table. Uh, anyone who didn't see the scores last night, Lyle Taylor scored twice in injury time um, to give Forrest a 2-1 win away at Bristol City. So they will be sore um, for Albion Bristol City uh, on Saturday at three o'clock. But yeah, I think Albion will have too much. Um, and as you say, JB, it's a really important time of the season to not let Bournemouth become that runaway team that sometimes the championship has. Uh, it's incredible they've not lost yet. Fair play because Albion are going well. And Albion, you know, we, we've we lost now. Our unbeaten, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that to play for anymore. Uh, and Bournemouth just looked to be going from strength to strength with that unbeaten record. So, yeah, they, they threatened to be that uh, runaway team. And it's up to Albion to not let that happen. Picking up points against Swansea, uh, picking up points against Bristol City as well. Uh, JB, how do you see this one going score-wise? 
Yeah, I, I I can't disagree with anything that you've said. I think the 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 result last night, uh, Bristol City sort of conceding two in injury time, um, that will take a while for them to get over. I think, like you said, they've had a mediocre start. Not sure who their gaffer is. It's not Lee Johnson now, more Nigel Pearson now. Oh gosh, right, yeah, that that that, yeah. that says a lot, really, doesn't it? Um, he's he's you, you know. So he might he might really want to win at the Hawthorns. Do you know what? Yeah, listen, that might give them an added edge, but you know, yeah. you know. I, I want to, you know, do stuff that I can't do and it doesn't always happen. Do you know what I mean? I have to be careful what I said then, to be fair on air. I had to really sort of wind my tongue in then. Um, but, you know, listen, listen, really difficult was obviously for City to take last night because to an injury time is <laughs> a really difficult one to take, isn't it? And um, <laughs> I think Albion will be far, far too strong and I can see it being a demolition job. I'm going to go... Do we go as high as four, five? No, I'll go three nil. Three nil Albion. I'm going three nil Albion as well, JB. Yeah, yeah three nil. Yeah. Well. I think we will will have too much. Um, yeah, and yeah, I'm hoping that that will be that performance to get us right on, you know, back on the right track. I should say. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's it. Okay, so that probably does just about do us this week. Um, Please do follow us at BCR Pod and feel free to tweet us any of the stupid things we say on the podcast. Feel free to get in contact at that point because um, we do chat some nonsense sometimes. If you want to um, get in touch about um, anything we've said on the podcast or a question for next week, you are welcome to at BCR Pod on Twitter. Um, I will also do a pod, uh, poll in the next couple of weeks about that. Who is the biggest rivalry, um, Villa or Wolves? Because for me, it's Wolves, but I keep reading Villa. Um, and now yeah. I'm really just rambling. JB, is there anything you'd like to add before we leave? No, mate. All good. Looking forward to seeing you Saturday, boy. Yes, absolutely. Um, back from London for um, the weekend, which should be really, really nice. My accent might be a little bit stronger this time next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Black Country Ramble. 